Cool. I wish I had more answer or like a better answer. But I actually, like, I actually I, thought that Edgar Allan Poe was pretty good because all I had to work with was Instagram poets. So you're too, I think you're great. <laughs> I mean, the Instagram poets are pretty great. <laughs> oh, man. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 83 of the Between You and Me podcast. My name is Jess Morris. I am a music journalist from Australia, and today we are talking to some more musicians about the things that hurt, heal, and change us in evangelical culture. And do we ever need to have the conversation? This episode today is brought to you by our friends at JesusWide.com, your number one source for Christian music, news, reviews, and interviews. Go and check them out. We are into the third episode of our Better Together series. Thank you, everyone who has been enjoying what we've produced so far. I'm so glad that you loved hearing about Phil Joel and his thoughts on the environment. I loved that. I'm so glad you loved hearing from Orphan No More about what it looks to actually live in mission or community. Today, I have another super awesome couple to introduce you to. I know that sounds cliche, but these two are really dynamite people, Seth and Jenna Hurlick. They are known as him and her worship. I met Seth and Jenna last year, had a Skype interview with them, and they are the nicest people because it became abundantly clear very quickly that I'm just not a cool arty person. So I knew that they loved poetry and stuff, and I asked them what their favorite poet was. And somehow we went up with the fact that I like Instagram poetry. Anyway, all I have to say is that these people are so kind and so nice and they quickly accepted me into their friendship group, knowing that I'm someone who doesn't even enjoy the works of Edgar Allan Poe. So Seth and Jenna are awesome and their music has this really beautiful quality to it because they're so honest. Now, what struck me about Seth and Jenna is that apart from the fact that they lived in a camper van for a while, that was actually like what they did and how they toured all the time, they actually didn't set out to become Christian musicians, which for me is just like a tick. I want to hear this story. How the heck do you become a worship duo and sing predominantly in churches when you didn't want to become one in the first place? It's a really good story, and this is a really fun couple. I think you will enjoy hearing their story, get to know them. What you see is what you get. They're currently now based in Nashville, so hopefully we'll catch up with them again soon. Now, before we get to our interview, a reminder, you're about to hear a short bio, the who, what, when, where, why, all the stuff I love as a journalist about him and her worship, and then we're going to dive straight in, and you will hear some of the music from the album, Even in the Dark. Enjoy this, my friends. This is him and her worship. Seth and Jenna Hurlick never set out to become Christian musicians. When they met during school while living in Minnesota, Seth was on his way to becoming a pastor and Jenna a teacher. When these career paths fell through, their natural bond over music made their band somewhat indelible. They had their sights set on becoming an indie folk duo akin to Mumford and Sons, and they penned their first EP in 2018 and set out on a tour across the United States. They chose to perform in bars, coffee houses, and other places far cooler than your average church auditorium. Now, on the insistence of a friend, they did add some church dates to their repertoire, but these were just extras. Call it what you want, fate, the divine hand of God, or providence, but every single venue that Seth and Jonah booked fell through, except for the church dates. And over a period of time, God began to break down their presumptions and preconceptions about what it meant to be a serious musician. 
he showed them that for whatever reason, he wanted Seth and Jenna to be worshippers and nomads, leading the couple to quit their full paying jobs, sell most of their possessions and live out of a tiny caravan. Music became their livelihood and when they fully embraced their identity as a quote unquote Christian band, they renamed themselves Him and Her Worship. Now their first EP, Beacon, gave them material as they toured churches across the US. It landed them on Spotify's New Christian Music Friday playlist. This is no small feat for an indie artist, especially when they sound less like Michael W. Smith and more like Illumineers. Following Beacon, Seth and Jenna's world drastically changed and they received knockback after knockback from music labels. At the same time, Seth's mother they actually passed away from cancer and the couple wrote their way through their grief. They penned the song It'll Be Alright in the days following. Experiencing a heaviness and a loss the rest of us would soon come to bear over the course of 2020, Seth and Jenna offered their first full-length album, Even in the Dark, and saw their heartache and prayers transcend their own story as the rest of the world caught up to the grief as we went through COVID. When COVID grounded them, they spent their days running media content for local churches from their caravan, and in their off time, quote unquote, they actually created their EP, resulting in a cumulative, intense piece of artistry that takes a listener on a cinematic journey through the darkness, the dawn, and God's word. I spoke to Seth and Jenna before Christmas about becoming Christian bands, why they still believe God is faithful when they've experienced so much heartache, and what it means to put down roots and pursue community. These are wonderful, wonderful people. Meet him and her worship. People who have never heard of him and her worship before, who have never had the delight of meeting you, can you please tell our listeners who you are as a band and then individually? Whoa, (laughs) that is a big question. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So, yeah, I'll start. I'll (laughs) start. So I'm Seth and this is my wife, Jenna, and we are him and her worship. And we are a husband and wife duo that have been traveling the country for the past three years, playing worship nights and Sunday mornings. Um, we've been to over 200 churches, almost all of the continental United States we've played in. And we live in a 13 foot camper full time. So yeah. And it's a, an adventure for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I, I mean, we don't need to like super dive into our like childhoods and stuff, but um, basically like I grew up in like Boston, Massachusetts area. So East coast of the United States and um, Seth grew up in central Illinois, which is like three hours South of Chicago. Um, and then we most recently have lived in Minneapolis, Minnesota area. Um, if that means anything to you, <laughs> it's kind of an, I don't know. It's not a big state name, but um, yeah. So we, we've been married for about three years and um, yeah, decided to play music and it's been like the most amazing, cool thing that we've ever done Yes, (laughs) and ever will do. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I, I loved when I read that you lived in a camper van because it was, it was so unusual, but I also loved it because you're like, it's just part of who you are and what you guys do. Yes. Um, oh my goodness. Yes. How, how has that, actually I'm literally going a few questions in front because I was curious. How have yeah. you coped with COVID knowing like it, restrictions are a bit different in America and different States, but yeah. when, when you constantly live on the go or literally on wheels, like how, how do you adjust when COVID hits and you're yeah. like confined Yes. Oh my gosh. It was super weird. So in March, we started hearing the news about what was, what it was looking like the future was going to be. And, um, 
basically we were at a campground with some friends. We were just like hanging out some night. And um, we, I got two calls from churches that we were supposed to be playing at in the next month. And they were like, yeah, we have to cancel because of the virus. And we're like, yeah. what? And we never been canceled on ever. <clears throat> never. never. And um, I just remember sheer panic, like what the heck are we going to do? And basically what we ended up doing, um, it's a long story, but the, the shortened version is we ended up parking in a church parking lot for about three months. And we, we exchanged being able to park in their parking lot and use their church for everything we needed. Um, for, we like produced their online worship content for them. So we recorded their music and we produced the videos and then we packaged up and uploaded it to YouTube for them. Yeah. And other churches and other churches. Too. Yeah. 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 And that's how we, and, but we also made the record at the church as well. So that it kind of happened all at that moment. And then afterwards, because, um, you know, we do play bigger churches like the thousand plus churches, but we had enough, um, smaller churches in our like, uh, ability to, to book that, um, we just played like outdoor services for smaller churches that were able to be open. So we lost, I think 40 plus shows, but we were able to kind of um, have shows pick up again in, was it May? Yeah. Yeah. And then it's been really awesome actually, because, you know, normally we're like traveling so much that our family and friend time is um, limited, but because of this, we've been able to like spend a lot more time with friends and family which has been a huge blessing actually. Uh, So we, we've been really thankful for kind of slowing down a bit, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Really awesome. When I see the stars light up the sky, let me know that you're here in the night. It has to be done. Before it is light, it won't be long till the sun will rise. Oh, I know it'll be alright. Oh, I know it'll be. See the sun awaken the night. I believe you bring the sleeping to life. You promise she's all good. You mercies are new. Oh Lord, I will trust in Cause you're That's really cool. And I also love how you nearly single-handedly made, kept some churches afloat with their virtual services as we all tried to adjust to technology. Bless oh you. <laughs> yeah, yes. Absolutely. Yes. We had to learn software like uh, Adobe Premiere Pro. Yes. I had to like learn it in a weekend <laughs> and it's like yes. kind of complicated. So it was, 
it was fun though. I feel like we really grew like our skills during that time. Yeah. It was crazy because so like Holy week, um, you know, there's, you know, normally you have Monday, Thursday, good Friday and Easter service. Right. Um, or some, maybe two, maybe two. Um, so all of a sudden we had to produce three videos for each church. And I think we produced somewhere, but I think it was like 15 videos in a week. And it's, those are, they're hour long videos. Yeah. So I remember we were like panicking because it was like, I don't know if there's actually enough hours in this week to be able to produce and render out all of these videos for these churches. Yeah. And it was so insanely stressful, but it all worked out. We didn't wow. get a lot of sleep, but it all worked out. The, the <laughs> church they were staying at boosted their internet speed so that we could upload the videos fast enough. Yeah. So, that's what Todd should be useful. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was it was a crazy and exciting and fun time, and also scary. So it was all the above, all the above for sure. Yeah. So where are you at the moment? Are you still in Minnesota at the moment, or are you traveling around more? We are traveling around, but we're in Wisconsin. So nice. um, right next door, um, Seth's sister lives in Wisconsin. And so we've been parking in their dry, or in their yeah. yard. They live on <laughs> a, like a 200. Yeah, yeah. they live yeah. on a 200 year old farm. So we, yeah. we live in their, we live in their front yard. Yeah, yes. it's really beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's so beautiful. That sounds um, awesome. Yeah. yeah. But we have some exciting news that yeah. is coming up. So Please. we're actually, yes, yes. So, <laughs> Getting into it. Yes, we're just going there. Um, so we were in Nashville two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah, two weeks ago. And we've been really praying a lot about feeling like Nashville might be a calling for us to kind of like slow down a bit and and make friends. We've been really desiring more community and pe- being friends with people that are in the industry and do what we do and other artists and stuff. And it's been hard to connect with those people traveling 365 days of the year. Yeah. So we're moving to Nashville in January. Yeah. So yes. So it's yeah. really, really yeah. exciting. Yes. I'm really excited for you, but I mentioned oh, thank you. <laughs> Yes, we're going to hang out. We're going to hang out in real life. Yes. Yes. That's so exciting. And also, like, I imagine a really scary and exciting leap at the same time because it's like a slightly different way of life. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, the reason why I brought it up is because the coping with COVID has also, like, this year, this, this past six months has been really, really hard as well for us. Just, like, knowing that a show could, we could literally be on our way to a venue and it could get canceled, you know, just all those like variables. And um, even like last month, some, some things got canceled and, you know, we're in the middle of Michigan, like, where are we going to stay? What's going to happen? And I feel like we both kind of feel felt somewhat burnout on the, like the unknown where maybe a year ago or two years ago, that kind of stuff was exciting, really exciting. But now it just feels more like, desiring some steady and more community and all that stuff. So I feel like that's, that's why I brought it up because it felt like that's kind of where this is led. I think that makes sense. But it feels really reminiscent of um, like two years ago when we went on the road full time, we sold everything. And it was like one of those things that didn't really make fiscal sense. Like it it wasn't like what man, we're going to make bank when we're on the road. It was like, man, we have steady jobs, but we're going to sell everything and go live in a yeah, camper. And, the jobs, yeah. and it feels really like that where um, we are jumping into it and we don't know how it's going to go or what's going to happen, but it really feels like 
we're being led by God to, yeah. Yeah. Like we just have like some desires in us from like being on the road all the time. It's awesome. It's an adventure, but like, I want to be able to like grill steaks and then eat it in my pajamas in my house. I can't do that. Right? I'm always yeah. like in someone's backyard. <laughs> so creator do you like creating fancy slideshows for church or maybe you're a videographer a podcaster like me maybe you just love creating things and you need amazing stock music or videos to fill the needs that is where soundstripe comes in the team at soundstripe are world-class musicians who have hired world-class musicians to create stock music without all the loopholes of licensing simply subscribe and you can select what track you want and license it as many times as you want it's a great way to support artists and create world-class content We love our friends at Soundstripe. We have been partnered with them since the first episode of Between You and Me, and we are so grateful for their support. If you would like to use their content or check them out, go right now to soundstripe.com and use the code UMEPOD at checkout for 10% off. That is the code UMEPOD at the checkout, and you will get 10% off. You're welcome. Hey, it's me again. Big surprise, I know. But you know what I love? Nearly equally as much as good music. I love a good band tea. And I love a good nostalgic band tea, which is why I'm a big fan of the Between You and Me web store. If you head there right now, you will actually find that we have throwbacks to some of the most iconic Christian musicians and plenty of ammunition for the next catch up with the friends you survived Christian college with or who also survived being a PK with. Go check out our t-shirts, our hoodies, our masks, because that's a thing in 2020, and even our phone covers or notebooks. We would love you to take home a piece of Between You and Me and remember wherever you go that you belong here, that you are a part of a family of misfits, 
and worshippers and questioners and people who apparently like nostalgia. Go and check it out now at our website, betweenyouandmepod.com and hit the shop button. Can you tell me how you guys met? I know you've been married for about three years now. Yeah. But but when did yeah. you guys meet and both discover you were musicians and then choose to yeah. collaborate, essentially? Yes, yes. Yeah. We met in high school. Um, yeah, so I was a junior in high school and Seth was a senior, so a year older. And um, basically I broke up with a boyfriend of like two years and then like Seth just kind of swooped in. I did. <laughs> it was just kind of, yeah. 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 <laughs> and it was, it was weird because um, I didn't really want to date Seth immediately because I felt bad. It's like, I just broke up with this guy and now um, I don't want to start dating this new guy. But Seth only had four months until he graduated and went to college. And so we were like, yeah, we basically just started dating immediately, even though it was kind of scandalous. Yeah. And we basically knew that we were going to get married right away. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 But so basically we were both really musical, but for us, sports were more important. I would say, even though I, when I look back, I think I was actually cared a lot more about music stuff, but it, it seemed like both of us were more focused on getting, um, scholarships to play sports. Uh, and so the other big thing that the school that we went to was a dormitory school. So it was like you moved from home out of home and went to this school. And um, it was the whole point of it was to prepare kids to go into full-time ministry. So basically we both were really encouraged to do that. So I was going to become a pastor and Jenna was going to become a teacher. Um, we both ended up at the college and then um my sophomore year between first and second semester, uh, basically I got a phone call that informed me that I, I was going to fail out of school and I couldn't come back. So that like kind of like derailed a lot of our plans. Uh, we were, you know, obviously we kind of had a, an idea of what our life was going to look like. And I ended up moving back to Illinois, Jenna stayed and that like started kind of, I would even say like a journey of figuring out all the things that we didn't want to do, if that yeah. makes sense. Um, I was really sad and depressed and trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. And Jenna was, you're going through the motions, I think, and trying to want to be a teacher, but it just yeah. wasn't working out. And finally, basically what happened is we, I moved to Minnesota to work for a music academy, re-fell in love with music. And um, Jenna and I decided to get married. And then within six months of our marriage, we realized that like we both had these really great jobs but we were kind of passionless. And so, yeah, we decided to literally sell all of our, as many of the possessions as we could um, buy a bunch of touring equipment and um, a van and a camper and set out on a 20,000 mile tour, both coasts. And it completely ruined our life. In a good way. In a good way. (laughs) It was like so life changing. And yeah, that that's like what happened. Yeah. 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 And, and somewhere along the way it stuck and you were able to not just actually have people come in to see you perform and worship with you, but record an EP and get a press kit and like yeah. start to gain yes. traction. That's amazing. Yes. I know. All within, and to be really honest, that all has happened within a year. So so can, do you want more of that story? Go for it. Okay, okay, yes. okay. So basically what happened was this. So we went on that 20,000 mile tour. 
which is even another whole story because can I yeah yes yeah this yeah you keep you remember that but like something that's super cool and I love sharing this with people because it just like blows my mind how cool God is sometimes like so we we were like okay we're gonna play music this summer we're gonna travel we're gonna do east coast west coast um, but we want to be like the Lumineers or Mumford and Sons. Like we wanted to be a secular, like indie coffee band. shop yeah. indie band. And so we tried, we recorded like a secular EP, um, called adventure calls. And then we like made these music videos and, um, started booking a tour that was like coffee shops, bars, and breweries. And then our brother-in-law who's a pastor is like, well, how about you play on at churches too? And we're like, okay. That was our plan B. Yeah. Like fine. Yeah. Yeah. We can do that. And um, the crazy thing that happened is that like every single coffee shop and bar brewery fell through and we only played in churches. So it was like, and we were like really embarrassed by it at first. Like, cause this is also like a story of like our faith growing that we were we were embarrassed to play worship music because we we thought that it meant that we weren't good enough to like be the coffee shop musician, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Could it be that all this time when I was focused on my life, I should have had my vision fixed on you? Maybe I am in this place of sorrow just to see your grace cause even when it's dark it's shining through course of that summer we realized one like we get a captive audience every night yeah for an hour to two hours or whatever however long we play and it's like and we're doing something amazing like this is amazing yeah and then yeah like people were would come up to us after concerts and be like weeping and telling us how important it was and it was just like this is not something we would have gotten at a bar right at all probably yeah so right so it was like oh my gosh and then like obviously you know like when you're traveling like that i mean we went to like 12 national parks we went to all these amazing cities we ate amazing food and we met amazing people so it was like I don't know. I feel like it was like our discovering the world yeah. moment, you know, that it's like, you know, the, the, how like every movie is like, Oh, you know, I moved to Europe and found myself, you know, that kind of thing. Like, that's what I felt. It was like that summer. You got to find yourselves. Yeah. We got to yeah. find ourselves. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's so good. I love that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that happened. And we came back cause we were obligated to a couple things back in Minnesota and we realized, number one, like we need to write our own worship music, first of all. Second of all, 
like we need to make a decision because when we moved back, we were really busy with so many things and we felt like we we're burning out. Like we either, we either have to go full into music or we need to like put that in the backseat and, and do normal live stuff, you know, whatever, whatever that means, get, get careers again or whatever. Um, and we basically decided, no, we're going to, we're going to like pursue it for real. And we literally made an EP called Beacon, which is not, is it over a year old? Is it one year old now? It's a year and a half. Year and a half. I think. Less than a year yeah. and a half. Um, so it's not even that old. And we, we released, we had no marketing, no PR. It was literally like we, we made it. We're like, we should just release it on that day, I guess. Like in one Instagram post thing, you know. And no, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. <laughs> but one of the songs all along hit uh, the new Christian Music Friday on Spotify. So it was like, oh, my gosh. Like whoa yeah Yeah. and it was crazy it was just like this is insane and that kind of spiraled into where we are today yeah 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 Yeah. which is wild yeah yeah that's awesome what an amazing story in such a short space of time i love it i know to be honest though it's probably from that point to here is probably more interesting than that story no i know (laughs) and i feel like we're constantly like in transformation it's crazy it's It's so crazy yes i heard someone say that like if you you should always think that like the you from five years ago is an idiot (laughs) because that means you're growing but i always i've been feeling like 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 five months ago 2020 can you tell me about your latest album even in the dark um one love the title great Thank for this year but can you tell me about it what's what the vision was recording it obviously you did it mm. in the parking lot of a church yep. through a pandemic <laughs> yes <laughs> right. yes That's a story in itself right? literally yes yeah, it's it's interesting. Like we started writing the songs that were on the record about uh it was like last summer. So about a year a year before it was released, I guess, is when we were like starting to write it. And um so basically like the timeline we had released that first record Beacon and then we just like started writing for our next things or our next record. We didn't know what it was called yet. Um and like the time from that summer until the time we started recording was pretty, I don't know, not tumultuous. Is that an in, too intensive a word? No, I think that's a good word. Basically like in August, um, there was a day in August where we found out that says mom was diagnosed with cancer stage four. And we had a really big meeting with someone um, like a producer and uh, we thought that that producer was going to like listen to our songs and basically be like, yeah, let's work, work together. Let's you. work together. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but instead, we got bad news on both ends that says mom had been diagnosed with cancer. And this guy was like, songs aren't cutting it for me. Sorry. And like, so that was like kind of where we were starting to write music. And then um, kind of just a series of rejections and like trying to get in with the music industry, make friends in the industry or just make friends in general. And just like a lot of hurt and pain. Um, yeah. You can take it from there. Yeah. And so basically we literally a year ago went to Nashville as well. And it was kind of the same deal, like trying to make connections, find people that work on this record and 
Same deal. Like it wasn't necessarily hard rejections, but just like either too busy or yeah, it was mostly like too busy or uh, it wasn't a good fit kind of, I guess those are hard rejections. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And then um, basically a month later, my mom ended up passing away on January 2nd. Yeah. So it was like, all of that was happening and we were writing most, I mean, most of those songs happened from that time, November until January 2nd. Yeah. We didn't write after that. That was all the songs yeah. were done. Um, but basically we realized once, you know, my mom passing away and coming back, um, we were in Florida. We realized that like, okay, we have all these songs and I think they need to be heard. And secondly, I don't think there's anyone to help us. Like, I don't think there's anyone that's going to help us make this record. So we basically rented a cabin for a week in Texas and we did, I guess you'd call it pre-production into production there. And we realized that we felt like we had seven songs that were worth hearing. And we had met uh, a producer that um, literally the, was it the day after my mom passed away or the second we actually, it was crazy. We played two shows after the day after Roma passed away, oh. um, which was yeah. crazy. It, it was one of those things where like, we probably should have canceled them, but we, our flight was like the next day. But so we we're like, what are we going to do? Just stay in their parking lot and yeah. just be sad. And like, we ended up playing these concerts and it was like transcendent. Like yeah. Holy spirit was all up on that concert. Yeah. It was, whew, it was, it was insane. 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 Yeah. Um, so yeah. So we met him and he couldn't commit to like producing it fully, but he's like, I will help you with like quality control basically and adding tracks. Um, and so, yeah, we started making our way across um, towards the West and yeah, then COVID happened and we were in Farmington, New Mexico into um, basically into Cottonwood, Arizona. And then we ended up stopping in Phoenix, Arizona. And yeah, we watched our, shows fall apart and we couldn't leave either. Cause it, it's, it's so interesting to remember because every, every day was just like, Oh, I, you know, it's just one week, you know, and then life will go back to normal and then it's two weeks. So we couldn't leave because it was like, all right, so if we'll just stay here and then next week, then California, we'll go play in California. It'll be fine. And then it'd be like, Oh no, just kidding. That week's done. Like, well then maybe Utah. So we'll stay here. And then Nevada. So we literally couldn't leave because it wasn't like our whole shows, everything was canceled. It was just like week to week to week. Yeah. They kept crumbling. Yeah. Yeah. And so we were like, okay, well, I guess we're just going to have to make the record here. So we basically finished the entire record in a cry room off of this, like the worship center. Uh, We built a, we built us like a vocal booth and we did the whole thing there. Uh, Yes. And I feel like that our life has drastically changed since that moment. Hold me near And when the 
idea of the record it kind of like made itself known to us kind of where it's not like when we sat down and started writing it was like let's make a themed album called even in the dark and there's going to be three parts and part one is the dusk and then the dark and then the dawn and it's going to take you through the darkness and it's going to be great and instead it was just like these were our heart songs like the songs that just like came out of us and yeah turns out a lot of them were really sad because we were really going through a lot of hard things. Yeah. But the thing we were doing a, a podcast like this a couple months ago and the interviewer was like, even in the dark is really hopeful. And we're like, uh, I don't think so. It's, like, it's not, it's not, I don't think. But then we like listened to it <laughs> or like played through it and we're like, Oh my gosh, this is so hopeful. Like it was really cool because like we were writing songs that we thought were sad, like these laments, but they have a lot of hope to them. Um, It's not like happy, happy, joy, joy kind of hope, but it's like, it's there. It's like happy or joy in the lament. Yeah. And that's why like, even in the dark is like the best name for it. Cause it's, it says like five times in the lyrics of the record, like, even in the dark, you're faithful. Even in the dark, your grace is shining through. And I don't know. I feel like that's what we were going through. And consequently, it's what like everyone's been going through. It's like yeah. the, our hardships from last year are like praising people through this year, yeah. which is cool. Yeah. Right. Which has been super crazy. I mean, like even like the song, the song, It'll Be All Right, which is probably, I think, our most listened to song from this record. Um and that we wrote that song the day my mom passed away before. Oh, so wow. literally we will. Yeah. yeah. So we woke up this, I mean, it's so crazy. We woke up and we normally, the way that we write is, you know, we do like our individual things. And then when we write officially write a song, we'll like schedule it out. We'll get up in the morning and we'll decide on like making the song a song. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, I had this hook that it'll be right hook. And we were like, I think that this song could be written from my mom's perspective. Like I could hear her say, like, I, you know, I don't know how my diagnosis is going to go. I don't know how this all ends, but I know because of my relationship with Jesus, it's going to be okay. You know? And we literally finished the song. It was one of those, like, you know, just pour out, finish the song. And then I got a text from my sister. that's like, mom's going to meet Jesus. And she passed away a couple hours later. So it's just like insane, you know, and that song I feel like has completely transcended, transcended us and our story because it's become, you know, the, the theme of this year, I think, you know, that it really, it will be okay, even though yeah. it's not been easy for anybody. So it's just been really interesting and, and really cool how, I don't know, I, we talked again with another person talking about being faithful with ideas and you know, like 
like what Jenna said, like our, our past difficulties and hardships have now given content and, and words to the, what we're all experiencing now and us being faithful in writing them and putting it out, even though it didn't make any sense at the time, like we were like, we're losing all of our money, you know, like money's stopping coming in and we're going to make a record in the middle of it. And, you know, most, most people in the, in the, in the industry took time off or, um, you know, just kind of stopped. And we literally doubled, like we worked, I remember talking, we were talking during, during the quarantine and being like, I call my friends and be like, I am literally working 10 to 20 times more than I have in the past for way less money. Like what is happening? (laughs) It's insane. You know, I was like not sleeping, making this record, you know, and, um, man, God just blessed it. Yeah. Which is so cool. So it's amazing. Yeah. How have, you kept trusting God and his goodness through all of this because you've been Man. through a whole lot and experienced like even the, the small, what you, like small rejections, they build up after a while and they can really wear away even if it's yeah. calling and purpose. So what is yeah. it that's kept you, like you guys obviously, you, you have a sense of hope in you even though you know the dark so well. What was yeah. it? What is it that is like, kept you sure or even holding on grasping on to the goodness of God in this? Yeah. Oh man. I'll say we have not done it well or perfectly. <laughs> like, you know, honestly, like I wish I could say like, Oh man, I just read John three sixteen, and I just remember that it's all good. <laughs> oh man. I wish. Um, I think, we're, we feel like emotionally, both of us are kind of like coming out of the dark season. Like, I feel, I feel like I have hope for the future Mm. where it's been like, again, like a year and a half of just like sludging through whatever. And, um, but something that like, we keep talking about, we're doing like some Advent studies just to kind of like focus our hearts during this Christmas season. And, like thinking about the Israelites being in the wilderness, uh, some, I don't know, one of the like studies that we were going through talked about how God could have brought them through the Philistine land um, when he was taking them from Egypt to um, the promised promised land. But because of, they would have had to go to war if they went that way. And God knew that like, if, oh gosh, I don't want to butcher this if they would have gone to war, the Israelites would have wanted to turn back. But instead he, because of that, he was like, we're going to take them the longer way through the sea. I'm going to part the sea and I'm going to show them like that. First of all, I'm going to take care of them and I'm going to protect them from the Egyptians. And, and then they go to the wilderness for 40 years and they basically can look back to that time when God took care of them. And I feel like that has to be when like you're right now, isn't right. If you're right now, isn't, is a moment of darkness. I think that you have to like, remember the times that God was faithful. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just like the small moments. Like, I don't know. That's what I, I keep leaning towards. Like when it's dark for me, I have to think about the times when God was faithful. Cause if he was faithful, then well, he's faithful now. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what I was going to say. I feel like we've, I've especially, I can speak for myself. Like, going through that season of, you know, where, where my life was kind of derailed, not being able to be a pastor and moving back home and seeing like this, like long 
directional route of God leading me where he wanted me to be. But knowing that, man, looking back, like there was so many hurts and disappointments and shame and all those things wrapped up in that. But I knew because I have perspective on it now that God was really directing me in the way that he wanted me to go. And it was a long time and it, and like, I always say, like, I didn't come out of it unscarred, you know, like it was tough, but you can see God's faithfulness in the past. And I think that is true. Now I feel like it's so easy when you're in the middle of a storm to forget where you've come from and to know where you're going, you know, you kind of get like lost in the, in the midst of it. And I, I believe that's so easy for us as, as humans to get so caught up in the, in the here and now that, you know, you forget God's goodness in the past and you forget that he's promised to be faithful in the future. Um, and that's what we've been holding on to, you know, I think we've been, even today we were on a walk and we we're talking about, you know, like the future in Nashville and all that stuff. And we don't know all the details and it's like, well, God has called us to this in the past and he's always showed up when we needed him to. And why would he bring us to something new and not show up then, you know, and it might not be the way that we thought he would, but he always does in his way and his ways are always the best. Yeah. So I don't know. That's, that's kind of how we've been getting through this yeah. year. Thank you. I feel like a very different part of my journey in life, but feel I resonate with that so much. Um, yeah. And even though it's clearly cost you a lot and it's tough to keep choosing that hope, it's, um, yeah. I really appreciate it. Cause for me, that's like what I need right now as well. So thank you yeah. guys. Yeah. Oh, oh you're absolutely. so welcome. You're so absolutely. welcome. Yeah. I think something that we are also talking about recently is like, I think we can a lot of times talk about like Christian platitudes, like hope and love and peace. And it's just like, have peace. Jesus is with you. And it's just like, again, like, but how, like, how do I hold on to it? Like, what's the like five step program? How do I do that? And like, I feel like for hope, like having hope is that is to like hope for the future is to remember the past and yeah. like, remember God's past faithfulness. And I, cause for me, I can hold on to that and I can actually like, that's something I can do and, and feel better and have hope. i 
so I was reading <laughs> that you guys, well, you you marry art and music together, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, there was a mention there of poetry. So I wanted to know if you both have a favourite poet. Oh, my goodness. Or any that come Ooh. to mind. It's okay. You can do handfuls. I, oh, I hate that I'm going to say this, but I love Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> I, I mean, he knows, I guess he's more, um, he's more short stories, but I, I've loved him as a kid. He's cause he just like, he's really creepy and I really like him. You know, he's, <laughs> I love, I love Edgar Allan Poe so much. Too. Yeah. Um, do you have any? Yeah. So um, the one poem that I feel like has inspired me the most, and again, I probably have some shame about it, but um, it's a Charles Boot, is it Bukowski poem called, is it, uh, ah, gosh, <laughs> what is it? I think it's uh, just do it or do it, something like that. Oh. I can't Google remember. You could, yeah. Google it. It's, there might be profanity in it, so I'm sorry. And it might not be totally, it might not be totally um, appropriate for all ages, but I absolutely love it's. It's very much about, I think it's my personality, but it's basically just saying whatever you do, do it 100%. That's what it is. Yeah. And I just love that idea because I think a lot of people end up floating through life and not pursuing anything yeah. 100% passionately with their passion. And yeah. I just, I, I really like to, to be 100%. Yeah. So yes, yeah, totally. which is a bad thing sometimes too, but That's anyway, okay. yeah. That's cool. I wish I had more answer or like a better answer. But I, actually, like, I actually I, thought that Edgar Allan Poe was pretty good because all I had to work with was Instagram poets. So you're too, I think you're great. <laughs> I mean, the Instagram poets are pretty great. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I think in like a couple centuries, people are going to like discover Instagram and like find all of oh the like goodness. cryptic. Yeah. You're so posts. validating. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness, that is amazing. I'm sure people hated Edgar Allan Poe. He was probably just some drunkard poet weirdo at, in yes. his time. Yes. Married to his cousin. Like yes. that yes, it's turning. Yeah. 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 So no, I think Instagram's got poetry. <laughs> people ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, my favorite your next my next question for you. What is what album, music album changed your life? Another easy one for you. Are we going to have the same one? I, I hope don't we know. Don't I think one. Go ahead. You, no, you answer cuz I need to think about it. Does it have to be like a is it like of doesn't all time? To, uh you oh, know, man. just just choose the one that comes to mind. It doesn't have to be like your definitive one. It can be the one that stands out right now. It can be a top three. I understand that these things are treasures and it's hard to find a single one. Yeah. I, I have two. My first one that literally changed, I think as an album, my mom got me for, I want to say it was in grade school um, for Easter. I, do you guys do Easter baskets in Australia? Is that a thing? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay, cool. So yes. So my parents would hide the Easter basket. You wake up early on Easter Sunday morning and try and find it. And it had uh, the dual disc best of the Beatles, 1960 to 1970. So it was a dual disc. It was red. I can still remember they're standing up in a balcony looking down. And I remember that album and it's technically not like a real Beatles album. Cause it's the best song of a decade, but 
Um, those songs changed my life for sure. Dang. Absolutely. Dang. Yeah. That's, that was the first one. That's a good yeah. answer. Yeah. yeah. Cause I remember I like my childhood listening to music and there was a lot of, I don't know, different stuff that was happening. Um, a lot of like Christian radio stuff and maybe some like older nineties or nineties stuff that just wasn't, I don't know. It wasn't great music. I would say. Yeah. Um, and I remember hearing that and just, it was, I was like, Whoa, why am I not listening to this? What have I been listening to? This is insane. So that one first. And then the second album that I feel like has probably been listened to most by me and, um, I think it was really incredibly pivotal and is even influencing me to this day it would be Cleopatra, Cleopatra by the Lumineers, which is their last record. Uh, not the one most recent one, but the last, last one, that record, like I can, when it goes, when it, we have that, we have the, we have the album, don't we? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure we do. No, we absolutely do. You got it for my birthday. Um, it's like that transports me to a place for sure. Like mm-hmm. it, there's a, there's a set that lives in that record. Ooh, yeah. Wow. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, man, I'm like a really slow processor. So I really struggle with questions like this. Cause I need to like go through my library, my like Spotify library and like, cause I don't want to give the wrong answer, but I'm probably gonna, cause I, I was it. thinking, yeah. So yeah. this is again, probably not my best answer. I was going to say Lumineers. Um, mm-hmm a recent album that has been very important to me and I think will continue to influence me is called, um, I want to say it right. It's still all right by Nathaniel Rateliff. Um, he is a member of a band called Nathaniel Rateliff and the night sweats. Um, but he does a solo album and it's like, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know how, like every song has like a personality and like his vocal production is different in every song. And, um, it just like means a lot. And I don't, I don't even know how to like put words onto it. We listen to it sometimes. Like when we listen to music, we do it intentionally. Like we're not really casual music listeners. And we listened to that album when we were in Flagstaff, Arizona, which um, if you've never been there or never seen it, it's like by the Grand Canyon. So it's like, but it's in Arizona, which is desert, but it's like all pine trees. And then you're like driving down to Sedona, which is like red rocks. And it was, I can like envision I'm, I'm it. I'm there right I'm, now. Yeah, I right? can, yeah. It it's was, like this really long oh, downward slope because Flagstaff is, I think like 2,000 miles, or not 2,000, oh my gosh, 2,000 feet higher or something than the rest of Arizona. And so we're just going down this highway, listening to it. Steady and, decline. I can still see yeah. the sky, like the sky over the mountain. Yeah. Oh, man. And yeah, it's just... Um, very beautiful. And I think that that's all I can give about it. Yeah. If you're ever driving, he, I think he writes most of his records out in the Southwest. Mm. So if you're ever just driving in the Southwest, listen to Nathaniel Rayleigh because it is, it feels they, they mesh really well together. Maybe, or like the outback of Australia, maybe, (laughs) maybe, I don't know. I'm not sure. sure I've never been there. Could be. I mean, state borders are opening up now. It's a possibility. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Wow. So you weren't even allowed to go there right now? Um, literally, oh, don't quote me on this. I think it was last week um, our different state borders opened up. So I live in Victoria and we had the worst COVID outbreak in Australia. Um, okay. And so our, we had multiple lockdowns and it was the harshest. Um, 
but it just really depends. Different states open up at different times. We only have like seven states and territories, a little bit different to you. They're a lot bigger. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that they just reopened. So before that it was uh, like you would get checked at every at every border. You were only allowed across for like very <laughs> special reasons. But even like we weren't actually allowed into the city of Melbourne for probably about quite a few months Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah, that's about an hour away from where I am. Yeah, because because they um we had a big outbreak in Victoria, but they had the biggest in in Melbourne, and they actually I've got people I work with. They couldn't leave their homes essentially for like six weeks. They were allowed out for an hour a day for exercise, and they couldn't go about more than five k's at like two two and a half miles or something out of there. Like yeah. It was really oh my hotel. goodness. Yeah. How did they get food? Uh, go to a really really close shopping center or order it in. Or, or like there'd be probably like one person in their family who would just go and do all the things. I don't know. It was tough. It's it's worked now mm. because we haven't had any COVID cases for nearly a month now, which has been amazing. But oh, good. like That's it was stupid. so tough for everybody. Yeah. So, oh my goodness. Yeah. 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 Wow. So, yeah, wow. Borders. But yes, I could definitely oh sense that in the outback. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. When you did. No, it's all good. Please oh do. Goodness. Yes. Um, um, I have one more question for you. Um, yes. This could also go either way. You'll see how easy or hard it is to answer. If you could go yeah. back to uh, probably mid-January this year, um, okay. you probably you've written most of the album. You've written the album. Yes. Um, you've actually already gone through probably a lot of the tragedy that the rest of the world yeah. was about to start experiencing. What yeah. would you say to yourself knowing what you would know now? Oh, my goodness. Mm. Hmm. That's a really good question. Yeah. <laughs> Me first or you first? You got it. Okay. Um, man, I think I would probably tell myself that the, what the year was going to hold was things that I would have never imagined. I feel like um, this year has been difficult for everyone. Prob- I mean, I really believe this is one of the most difficult years of our lifetimes. Um, and we're not, I mean, we're not super old, but even for like people older than us that it seems like it's been a really hard, hard year. Right. Um, I feel like I would have probably said something like that, like prepare it, like life is going to be different, but, um, it's probably going to be, no, it is the beer that you're going to grow the most. Um, you're going to, really discover who you want to be and who you want to be with. And it's going to be the most important year of your life. I really believe that Mm -hmm. even though it's going to be the hardest year, um, you need it to be this hard to push you in the right directions. Yeah. That's how I feel. That's good. Yeah. My, my advice to myself would be like, look for where God is giving you the fruits of the spirit and how, and like, I don't know, think about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Think about how, how is God leading you to have those things this year? Cause I can look back now and think about like, love and joy, how like we've been able to spend so much time with our family, which we've been alone for a year, like seeing people for a day or a couple hours and um, self-control, how he's given us self-control to like limit our spending. And I just, and I, I can do that for all of the fruits of the spirit. I feel like I would tell myself like in the next few months, 
look for those things as like beacons of God's goodness. And then also like in a, I don't know, maybe like a cheeky way, um, like it will be all right. And like the songs of, we had the songs written already. And like, there've been times this year where I've sung them and they've had new meaning. Like even in the dark, God is faithful. It'll be all right. And God's prepared me for this. Like that, I don't know. It's just like, remember the songs that you wrote and they'll be like encouragement for me. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you both so much. Thank you for being like so honest. I really appreciate it. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah. This has been really, really it's fun. fun. I'm enjoying it too. Really it's great. Yes. <laughs> we should be friends in real life. Yes. yes. I would love that. I will follow yes. you on Instagram. That is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Clearly, that's where one of my awesome. life is right now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Seth and Jenna they're just the coolest people they're the type of people that you know you would like just bump into them randomly and they would be friends it's so good to see you even though I literally only spoken to them for 40 minutes over a zoom call once like you feel like you've known them forever Um, and I'm really really hopeful that now that they are planted in Nashville they can find community and even more grounds to be creative I think the Christian music industry could really use Seth and Jenna Hurtlick. I think we are all the better for it. Um, and I'm really hopeful that whether you like classic Christian music or just good music, that that their sound resonates with you and their story resonates with you. I think their authenticity is their most powerful asset. If you would like to connect with Seth and Jenna Hurlick, aka Him and Her Worship, you can find them on social media at Him and Her Worship. You can find them online at himandherworship.com as well. And their latest album, Even in the Dark, is available now. All the tracks you heard today, including It'll Be Alright, are from that album. There is something so uh, so special 
when people lay down their own, uh, I suppose, I, I call it judgments or like preconceptions about what it means to to serve others and to serve the church and to love others well um, and just follow the path that they feel God has them on. I think for me, I, I relate to Seth and Jenna as a creative and I was always set on the idea that I would be writing and quote unquote ministering as much as a 13 year old brain can fathom that. I was sure I would be doing that for a secular audience. I was in the world change mindset so many of us have have worked through. And I was like, it's my job to save the world. It's my job to transform the media. I was the most idealistic teenager. And for me, that meant saving the last, lost and the least meant going into secular media, the magazines, the TVs, the tabloids, all that sort of stuff. And, and it would mean, in this case, going to be a musician outside of the Christian genre. Um, and it has been a huge learning curve for me and a really humbling learning curve to know that whatever I do, it is for God and it is not better or worse, whether it's in the secular or the Christian industry. There's a purpose to both and I have learned that and I am learning it and I'm continually humbled by it often by artists like Seth and Jenna and by so many artists that I chat to through this podcast who are so passionate either about the Christian music industry or who have landed in it and they just know it's where they're meant to be. I'm reminded that God has something really powerful to do in the church, which then should then go outside of the church. And often our greatest creativity or maybe maybe even our greatest breakthrough who knows comes when we lay down our own judgments and feelings and our pains and our hurts and just step in to what we seem to be called to in this moment in this moment uh, it, it looks like for me doing running a christian music podcast which in my head feels like the most uncool thing ever and, and what I love about Seth and Jenna is that they realized that what they had planned was not working, but they stepped into the open door that was there and they've embraced that. No matter what they sing in their life, whether they are singing Christian music, quote unquote Christian music, or secular music, they are worshippers. And I love that in my own way, I can be that too. Whether I'm running a Christian podcast or writing a book or writing something secular or whatever it looks like, creativity and God's purpose isn't just, I guess, it isn't something that I can fully comprehend. Um, And Seth and Jenna really, in their own beautiful way, reminded me of that humble lesson that I'm continually learning, the pride that I'm continually laying down to know that what we do out of love is enough, even if it's not what we expected. Thank you so much for joining me in this latest episode of our Better Together series. I am enjoying it so much. I love speaking to groups of people or to people who are so active in a community sense, who who push outside the boundaries, think beyond themselves. Next week, we have a very special collective on, the Crosscut Collective. Now, Mev Forbes is in the UK and he actually started this to really bring together musicians from around the world in song. He's based in the UK, but he often creates music and gets lead singers from other places, especially in Nashville, to collaborate and make these really cool, beautiful, much-needed worship tunes. I'm really excited for you to meet Mev and to hear more about Crosscut Collective. I think it's a very timely interview, um, given how much division there is at the moment in the world. And honestly, just a great reminder that 
COVID has put us all through the ringer. We have lost so much to it. The fact that we have connected as humans over such great distances is really beautiful. Please, if you enjoyed today's episode, would you please go and subscribe and also give us a star rating. It means that more people hear these episodes and we love that. If you have friends who you think would resonate with Seth and Jenna's story, please go and send this their way as well. I know they would absolutely love that and love to know that their story means something to people. That is all I have. My name is Jessica Morris.